G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, being able to read the Bible in your own language is the biggest boost to becoming passionate about the things of God. In fact, one of the driving forces in the history of world missions has been around the central idea of providing the scriptures in the mother tongue of other nations. At the forefront of Bible translation is the mission organization called Wycliffe Bible Translators. And for generations, Wycliffe have been equipping missionaries to engage in the process of getting the Word of God into the language of people groups around the world. The challenge is no less today. For some insights, a special welcome to 2020 today to Max and Helen Saal. The two are career missionaries, and Max is CEO of Wycliffe Bible Translators in Australia. Max, welcome along to you. Oh, thank you, Neil. Lovely to be here. And Helen, a special welcome to you. Thanks, Neil. Now, as I understand it, the two of you met when you were training to be school teachers here in Australia, and this was the start of a a career together and serving God in mission. Helen, let me start with you because school teachers doing the usual school teacher training, you obviously at that time had some sort of common aspirations together. Yeah, well, we actually weren't Christians as we were becoming uh, trained to be teachers and it was through reading the word that we became Christians. So we had first-hand experience of how just reading God's Word changes your life. Uh, Max, reading God's Word, a transformed life, and as you say, when you first met, you weren't actually Christians. It seems like a big step from being two school teachers training, studying physical education, to actually then being on the mission field. That's quite a journey, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it didn't happen straight away. We uh, were in the Queensland education system for 12 years before we actually made the move to Papua New Guinea. But as Helen said, um, at the age of 22, in my final year of university, uh, someone gave me a a common English version of the Bible and said, read the book of Luke. And uh, it was 12 chapters into Luke, and I just put it down and said, all right, Lord, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But if anything, anything goes wrong, I'm out. And uh, as it turns out, when you put your hands in the life of a sovereign Lord, nothing can go wrong. It's all under his control. And, uh, and that, at that time, I've, I thought, wow, this, this, the words in this book have power to transform lives. I've experienced that as a, as a young adult, to, that, you know, to experience the Holy Spirit coming into you and, and, and taking hold of your life and transforming you. It was so powerful. And, and to get it through the words of Scripture um, just meant so much to me. I'm glad I've got the two of you in the studio because, Helen, when I hear Max say, reading 12 chapters of Luke and uh, putting it down, say, we're going. Has he always been this uh, this gung-ho, mm. take, the, <laughs> take the bull by the horns? Uh, we're making a decision. Our whole life is going to be turned upside down. Yeah, well, some previous decisions were a little like that, as you described. But this one, 
for both of us. It, we were in church one day and a good friend of ours who is a Bible translator in Papua New Guinea got up and he said, what we really need in Papua New Guinea right now is teachers. And it was like we were both shot through the heart at the same time because we thought, oh, we can do that. We don't know how to be Bible translators, but we can be school teachers. So I can't blame Max for taking us to Papua New Guinea. It was God that did it to both of us. As I understand it, Max, the need for school teachers in mission is just as great as it's always been. And today there would be school teachers listening to our conversation going, I didn't know I was qualified to be a missionary, but this is one of the ways that you test the waters and that you get involved in mission. Oh, absolutely. We we went as short-term missionaries, like two years. Okay, we'll do this for two years. Um, at that stage, the Queensland Education Department would let teachers go for two years to Papua New Guinea and still have a job for them when they came back. It's not that case anymore. But we thought, oh, well, we'll just go for two years and, and uh, that'll be it. You know, that'll be our contribution to... Uh, to Bible translation, but boy, as soon as you get into uh, into a, a place that's just buzzing with intelligent, brilliant people doing fantastic work, and you're seeing communities and uh, transformed by the Word of God, you you just can't walk away from that. You just want to be part of that f- for as long as you can. A lot of people say, Helen, when it comes to mission, when you get to the mission field, as daunting as that is. You fall in love with the people. Is that the case? Oh, absolutely. Our, uh, some of our very best friends are the ones we've had to leave behind there because as we've come back to Australia, they stay. And so, uh, yeah, they teach you how to live in that country. Max, you said you've got these people who are buzzing with excitement, intelligent people, and sometimes, and and uh, not a bad reflection on Papua New Guinea, but they are there like sponges, ready to take in whatever can be offered, and sometimes at a, a higher level than they're able to usually have homegrown. So when someone from, say, Australia comes along, uh, they're really ready to receive wonderful things from you. Yeah, yeah. Papua New Guinea, the door is wide open in Papua New Guinea. Many places in the world, the door is closed at the moment. But in in Papua New Guinea at the moment, the door is wide open. And we should be funneling as many people and resources as we can into that country to take advantage of this because the the hearts are open. The door is open, but the hearts of the people are open. And it's just just a brilliant, brilliant country to work in, in in terms of Christian mission. From what I understand, there has been a big input of Bible translation that's happened in Papua New Guinea Mm -hmm. to the point where all of those hundreds or uh, I don't know how many. 850. Languages. Okay. So uh, that all, almost or all of those 850 languages have either got scriptures in their language or a start on those. Uh, is that a good achievement to have or what? Um, well, it's not quite as good as that. We've, um, we've got um, t- over two, just over 200 completed New Testaments. Um, we are working in about um, 200 other uh, languages. Um, there are... Quite a few of those 850 languages that would not be viable to work in because of they're, they're small and they're dying. So as soon as the children stop speaking that language, that language is on its way out. So um, there's still plenty of work to do. What I'm saying is um, we're, we're over halfway, but we're not over the line yet. There's um, still lots, lots more work to do in Papua New Guinea. People waiting for the the word in their own language. Helen, 22 years on the mission field. In that time, you raised four children in Papua New Guinea, what was that experience like for you? 
It was like living in a small country town. This, um, it's called Ukarumpa, is a township that has developed for the purpose of supporting Bible translation. So it's a unique kind of community. Uh, people have come from many countries to support Bible translation, and so they live in community and uh, they have many roles that you would have in a regular small town. So our kids thrived there. They grew up a fairly simple lifestyle, but uh, it was amazing, and they don't regret growing up there. Wonderful. Max, if there are people listening to our conversation today thinking, well, I wouldn't mind testing the waters and getting involved in some mission activity, and Papua New Guinea's not the other side of the world, it's just a short flight and you're there. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do people make a start? What do you do to break the ice, to test the waters, to see if a missionary career might be something for you? All right, well, um, what I would suggest is that you first is come to our launch course. So um, this is that short six-week course over January and February each year, where people can come in and meet other missionaries, learn about Bible translation, learn some actual practical skills that they can be involved in, and uh, and go from there. Uh, the, the, the opportunities for short-term mission work in Wycliffe are not very well developed yet, and we, we, we are working on that. But um, uh, if you want to come and find out about Bible translation, that's the place to do it. It's, a, it's our launch course. Um, Now, because of COVID, I believe we are not running it at the end of this year. It's going to happen in June, July of next year. Um, So this is the first time in decades that we haven't been able to run that course uh, at at that time. So, yeah, COVID has changed things a little bit for the future, but the need still remains that, you know, God's call to go to the ends of the earth and and make disciples and preach the gospel is still there. Uh, and it's not going to go away whether COVID goes, stays or goes. It'll still be there. And Helen, these are challenging times. And while it's uncertain when that next launch program course will start, uh, you can always pre-register your interest now. And no doubt uh, the team at Wycliffe will keep in touch with listeners today who might want to be part of what you're doing. Yes, if you go to the Wycliffe website, you can start exploring on your own or you can get in contact with someone from Wycliffe who will have a conversation with you to answer any questions that you might have. There's stories, videos, all sorts of uh, avenues you can explore on the website. And for that person, Max, who's read those 12 chapters of Luke and says, I know exactly how Max feels, but I've never taken that step to actually get onto the mission fields. You not only have your launch program, but I imagine you can get some details all about your year-long translation course. Uh, What's involved in, what do you have to give up uh, to to be a part of a course like that? Uh, Yeah, the Equip course is a one-year full-time course. So if if you, after launch, decide that this is is a career for you, then you can go into our um, year-long Equip course, and uh, that'll equip you for... Um, a pretty good start in Bible translation. We do like people to have a little bit of um, Bible college behind them. You know, it's 12 chapters of Luke is not really enough to, <laughs> to, to, to go and uh, translate the Bible. So uh, you do need a little bit more training. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that's the normal route is, um, um, you know, get, some, get up some Bible school. One year would be a good start. Come and do a come, or launch first Bible school. Equip course, yeah. There's, you know, we're making it as flexible as we can to 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 match people's life situations. But yeah, that's that's 
We're building it around those those three. As flexible as you can be, and Helen, this is the interesting thing. There is a process. It does take time. In order to be able to do this proper, properly and to be culturally sensitive, you have to have this bit of training that will launch you into something that can seriously change a whole people group. That's right. Yeah, so you need to be prepared for what that might look like. And it may not be academic training that is the answer for you as you are preparing to go. It might be learning to be flexible. It might be learning to go with whatever comes your way. Well, let me give the website for those who might be interested in testing the waters and being part of mission to do some scripture Bible translation and in a nation that is nearby and perhaps not just Papua New Guinea that there are a lot of nations that are in need of people who are committed to Bible translation. The website is wycliffe.org.au. How do you spell Wycliffe? W-Y-C-L-I-F-F-E. Wycliffe.org.au. Max and Helen Saal. Max, the CEO of Wycliffe Bible Translators in Australia. Uh, To you, Max and Helen, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.